Hey, what makes a good employer? What makes a good employee? You know, Sir Richard Branson, uh, he was quoted as saying, clients don't come first, employees come first. When you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your clients. I think somebody only with a high degree of emotional intelligence would be able to make a statement like that and have the success that Richard Branson has had all these years. It's probably why his employees have stayed with him as long as they have and why they all have a high degree of emotional intelligence. Hey, I'm John Barry. I'm the owner and president of Imminent Change Coaching. Thanks for tuning in. And we're going to talk about the difference and the value of emotional intelligence versus high IQ in the workplace. If you are an employer, which do you think will bring your company and your employees to the next level and help them thrive? And if you are an employee, what do you think is going to help you in the workplace thrive? Uh, your book smarts or street smarts? And who do you want to have leading you in your department? Do you want a manager that is book smart or do you want somebody that has a high degree of emotional intelligence that will be able to tune into you quicker and help you move to the next level in your career? Uh, when I decided to research this a little bit more, I've always been fascinated about the difference between those two subjects and what makes people tick. Uh, when you're measuring the IQ, there is the Stanford Binet Intelligence Scale that people use uh, to measure their IQ, the Wexler Adult Intelligence Scale, and the Wexler Intelligence Scale for Children. There's also the Woodcock-Johnson Test for Cognitive Abilities. And when you are measuring people with a high EQ, emotional quotient, the Mayer-Salovey-Caruso Emotional Intelligence Test, or the Emotional and Social Competency Inventory. In my research, uh, I used articles on emotional intelligence and high IQ from the digital information world platform, uh, psychmechanics.com, verywellminded.com. And one that I found particularly interesting, uh, they were all really interesting, but one that really, I'll say, really struck a chord with me and really got me more involved in, into the research of her was her name is Kendra Cherry. She is an author. She is a psychosocial rehabilitation specialist. She is an educator. Her expertise is psychology, child psychology. She is the author of the Everything Psychology book. And Kendra, if this podcast makes it to you, uh, thank you. Thank you for helping me to understand the topic a lot more clear and make me want to do more work in the field of emotional intelligence. Uh, your work, very eye-opening. So, as I said, thank you. So, IQ versus EQ. How are they different? What's more important in determining life success? You know, some people believe that a person's IQ plays a more critical role, while others believe that a person with a high emotional quotient is even more important. For the IQ, uh, 
if people aren't that familiar with it, what it represents, uh, people with abilities, uh, superior abilities with visual and spatial processing, uh, knowledge of the world, fluid reasoning, uh, working memory, short-term memory, and quantitative reasoning, and people who have emotional quotient, uh, high emotional intelligence, refers to a person's ability to perceive, to control, evaluate, and express their emotions. And their abilities are centered on identifying, being able to identify emotions a lot, a lot more clearly, uh, evaluating how others feel. They're able to control their own emotions. They're able to perceive how others feel. Uh, they use their emotions to facilitate social communication, and they help relate to others a lot more effectively. In his book, Emotional Intelligence, author and psychologist Daniel Goleman suggested that EQ might actually be more important than IQ. Some psychologists even think that the standard means of intelligence, the IQ scores, are probably too narrow and don't encompass the full range of human intelligence. What do you think? I mentioned earlier the test that people use today in regards to emotional intelligence and tests for your IQ. Uh, let's backtrack for a minute because I also wanted to talk about that they're actually able to do that now more with kids in school. Uh, SEL tests, social emotional learning, and there's five core SEL competencies for kids. Self-awareness, uh, self-management, relationship skills, uh, responsible decision-making. For adults, they use this for educators uh, to help kids out in school, and the tests that they go under help them with their competencies as adults needed in order to manage stress and create a safe and supportive environment for kids. When I read that, literally I had a flashback to when I was growing up. And, you know, we always have that one person that really had an effect on our lives in school. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have two. Uh, one in grade school and one in high school. Uh, the first one was Mr. Charlie Diamond. And Charlie, if this podcast gets to you, gets it to you, thank you for everything that you did for me in my early years growing up at good old St. Joseph's. Uh, Mr. Diamond was just really a special teacher. It was how he spoke to you when he came into the classroom, how he made you feel, uh, how you could become anything that you wanted to be. I don't even know if he, if he knew that he had that kind of impact on all the kids that he taught, uh, not just uh, my classroom, but I'm sure all the classrooms that he taught. It was the way he, he approached uh, the work how he made you feel while you were doing the work and that you could explore new things and that 
your ideas were just as important as everybody else's. And as I said, he, he still to this day, he is a very special person. And the other person who really meant a lot to me in when uh, I was growing up was Mr. David Kissick. And I had him at LaSalle Institute, the high school that I attended. Uh, Mr. Kissick was my homeroom teacher. He was my English teacher. He was my cross-country and track and field coach. I had never, I thought after I had met Mr. Diamond uh, that he was one of a kind. And, well, I found out that there was more than one of them out there. And Mr. Kissick was that for me. And I got to see him, geez, years later uh, at an event where he was a principal at a different school. And I only got to talk to him for a few minutes, and I wanted to let him know that he had made a huge impact on my life. Uh, Mr. Kissick, the same way. It was the term being able to reach somebody, and he wasn't just able to reach one person. He could walk into a classroom. He could walk into an auditorium. And no matter what grade you were in, he was able to reach out to you and get you to understand what he was talking about on a whole different level and make you feel like you, you could accomplish anything in your life. And I am so fortunate to have the two role models that I had, and I will always be internally grateful for the lessons that they had taught me, and I will always be in their debt. Uh, so emotional intelligence, seven habits that those people have. And I mentioned this earlier with kids, but this expands on it a little more. Uh, for adults, it's self-awareness and people who have a great deal of empathy, self-regulation, motivation, social skills, expressiveness, and perceptiveness. So let me ask you, uh, think about that. Those seven habits for emotionally intelligent people, how important do you think that is for people to have, uh, not just individually, but managers, uh, supervisors, uh, chief operating officers, CEOs, all of those can combine, if you have a workforce like that, to make a huge impact on not just their company, but society as a whole. These are the people that can go to the next level in whatever that they're doing in life. With emotional intelligence, uh, by having those seven habits, what are the outcomes with those habits that you think that people could provide uh, benefits in different ways? Well, they can help you be in tune with emotional triggers of others. Uh, they can help you with better internal team alignment with the people that work for you. You can be a lot more proactive instead of being reactive. 
Uh, another benefit would be you can stay calm under stress. And I'm not saying that people with a higher degree of emotional intelligence don't feel stress. They do. But they do know how to handle it better than most. And when they're able to do that in the workplace, believe it or not, they can also help produce less office drama, which I don't think anybody needs any more office drama. Uh, I think we've all had our fair share of those in the workforce. Uh, you're able to help reduce negative emotions. And I think you can, you're able to, you have the ability to bounce back more from adversity. But even being able to, the habits of people uh, for emotional intelligence, the outcomes that can provide, what do you think are some ways that we can help improve our emotional intelligence? Not just by yourself, but the examples that you produce for other people. When you have uh, a high degree of emotional intelligence, you can't just say it that you have to, it's something that you have to practice every day. You have to maintain a positive attitude uh, in regards to the stress, which I mentioned earlier. You're, you have to manage your stress well. You have to be aware of the nonverbal, not just in yourself, but uh, those of others. Uh, body language, people's facial expressions, their movements, their gestures, uh, their tone and pitch and their voice, how they react to things. You also be able to have to constructively resolve conflict. And by doing that, choose your words wisely. And I think I should be stressing that probably more than anything, is people that who really need to choose their words wisely because that can spark off emotions, good or bad, in people. And another one is always be ready to forgive and peacefully end conflict. Uh, when we're not able to do that, disagreements can last for years. In the research, what I found that was uh, successful companies, people that who have had exemplary examples of emotional intelligence leaders, are Alan, M Alan Mulally of Ford, uh, Indra Nui of Pepsi, Ursula Burns of Xerox, Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan Chase, Gary Kelly, Southwest Airlines, and Sh Jim Senegal from Costco. Those are all examples of people with a high degree of emotional intelligence. Those are companies that have been around for years and that is, they are companies that have been extremely successful over the years. You know, traits for people uh, that have a high IQ, uh, these are people with tremendous drive, uh, courage, devotion to their goals. They have extreme knowledge. Uh, honest, optimism, uh, ability to judge, and enthusiasm for emotional intelligence. I had already mentioned those. Uh, Self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, 
and their social skills, what gives them the success that they have. But even with success, you know, nobody ever likes to talk about the bad, but we also have to put the bad with the good, I guess. So one of the things that we should be going over is people with who have a, a low emotional quotient or a low emotional intelligence is these are people that have they have this need that they have to be right all the time. They are pretty much oblivious to other people's feelings. They're insensitive. They blame others. They do not have the greatest coping skills. They are prone to outbursts. Uh, they struggle with, with relationships. And these are people that are very self-centered. Uh, these are also people that, when you think about it, you don't want them leading your company. Uh, they're not going to create success. What they are going to create is probably a high degree of animosity. Uh, but with, the low, with people with low uh, emotional intelligence, we should also be talking about uh, some people that have a low IQ and things that, signs that they have, things you should look at for in other people, uh, their characteristics. Uh, they lack curiosity. Uh, they lack intellectual humility. They can be closed-minded. Uh, they're not interested in learning. They avoid thinking outside the box. Uh, they have diminished ability to reflect on things. They lack critical thinking skills. They definitely don't change their minds often. Uh, they have a very uh, black and white thinking that it's either this way or that way. There's no gray area. There's no outside the box, uh, which if you're not able to look outside the box, it's another thing that will stagnate your company. Uh, people with a low IQ also lack creativity. Uh, they lack cognitive flexibility. They are short-term thinkers. They are poor decision makers. And they are unrealistic thinkers. Whether you are somebody that has a high IQ or a high degree of emotional intelligence. Whoever you have running your company, you know, you have to decide what is the better fit. For me, it would be somebody with a higher degree of emotional intelligence. Someone that isn't just understanding uh, your company, your product, what you're trying to convey. It is somebody that knows how to get through to people, people that are able to understand the workforce, what it means to help them to dig down and help not just your company to thrive, but for your staff to thrive. I'm not saying that one is greater than the other. I probably have sounded through this that 
uh, emotional intelligence is, you know, the better fit. Uh, each side, as you can see, uh, each has their own skill set. They all bring uh, something of great value to the table. It's just that you have to decide what you want to bring to the table, what you think is more important. Uh, and if I'm leaning that way towards emotional intelligence, yeah. For me, I do think that is more important in leading a company and leading uh, the workforce. I think one of the greatest degrees of difficulty, I have been in the field of labor relations for over 20 years, uh, is the fact that employers that I have met, uh, some, don't get me wrong, uh, have had really excellent HR people that have been there to help their employees and not just help their company, but help the employees to thrive in the workplace. And they got it, and they understood it. Uh, but I've also met over the years is some pretty negative people. I remember once uh, meeting a, a human resource manager, and I walked into their office the first time I was in the facility to meet them, and the person had a big wooden mallet on their desk right right in the front and what it said was attitude adjuster and i i looked and i'm i couldn't help but laugh and i thought to myself okay well this is somebody that obviously has a tough time understanding the workforce and thinking that you know this is this is the approach that they should take and this is why probably employers not all employers, but uh, a number of employers, when they've had problems with their employees and they've had uh, labor unions that have represented the employees, these employers just have, all these years what I found, just didn't understand one thing. And that was, they just didn't know how to communicate with their employees. They didn't know how to talk to them they didn't know what what made them tick when somebody comes to work for you and you're spending money on them don't you think it's a good idea to know who they are and why they think and feel the way they do it isn't just about someone's education somebody could be the smartest person in the world does not mean that they are going to have a positive impact on your company and quite frankly it could be quite the opposite it could be it could be it could it could give you disastrous results uh, you can have people that aren't going to be led uh, you're gonna have people that are going to scatter away from them the quicker the better And so please be careful on who you're think of who you're thinking of hiring. Uh, there are a lot of employers now that actually use emotional intelligence tests in the hiring process to determine the success of these employees in their company. Um, so one of the 
lastly, the only the thing that I finally wanted to talk about was today I just, in this first podcast uh, for emotional intelligence and high IQ, I wanted to put some thoughts and feelings out there and see what this is like. Uh, I hope you enjoyed what I had to say. Uh, I will be doing more of these, get myself used to be doing a podcast, uh, but also to let you know that uh, I'm also going to be doing a course for emotional intelligence and high IQ, and I will have it advertised on Instagram and Facebook and on my website, imminentchangecoaching.org. Uh, please go by, check it out. Uh, I am a certified professional coach. Uh, I have an emphasis on executive coaching as well as emotional intelligence in the workplace. And I, I see not only just companies, but individuals as well. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast, uh, and I will see you all soon. Thank you.